AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. I watched MTV Jam's Countdown every day. I wrote to Tyrese. He wrote me back. What do you say to Tyrese? I told him what I thought were the best parts of his show on MTV Jam's, and he sent me back a signed picture. We're lucky to get to do this, but sometimes I will see Mike has booked somebody, and I'm like, dang, that's pretty exciting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and sometimes I get excited after I've done the interview because I don't know the person. But with Amanda Shires, I didn't know her, and I was still excited because she's awesome. And then she left, and I was like, dang, like, Amanda Shire is awesome. I mean, like, just affirm that, you know? Yeah. So, super cool. Amanda Shire, she got an album called Loving You. It's a collaborative album recorded with the late Bobby Nelson, recorded before Bobby's passing, which was in March of 2022. It's just a reflection of the life and the music of Bobby Nelson. And Bobby Nelson is, also now is, is? Willie Nelson's Willie sister. Nelson's sister. That, obviously, you know that. Yeah. Yeah, making sure. Um, hooks from the album. Here's a couple clips here. Always on my mind. You were always on my mind. Like Willie has even said before without Bobby, he probably wouldn't be Willie, the level of Willie that he is. Uh, here's Summertime featuring Willie. Summertime. Summertime. And living is easy. So Amanda Shires has got that out. You should check it out. Amanda grew up in Lubbock, Texas. About 10 years old. She learned to play the fiddle. She talks about that. Old pawn shop. She played with a bunch of old dudes, yeah. like, like legendary old dudes. But as a, as a 15-year-old, and you're playing with the Texas Playboys in there. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're 15 and people are 60, 70, and 80, that's a lot older than if you're 40 or 50 playing with somebody who's 67 or 80. It's funny what she says about them later. Uh, she got her master's degree. You know, She moved to Nashville, tells that story. Something we didn't mention, and it's just a note here, and I didn't purposefully not mention it, but there was really no reason to bring it up because it's not the reason we had her on. But I'm a big Jason Isbell fan too. I don't think we ever mentioned that Never she's did. married Jason Isbell in this. Or the high woman. You're right. We didn't. We didn't. I didn't avoid it. I was just so interested in like her story and not her group or her husband. I'd love to have Jason on. I mean, that would be awesome. But yeah, it definitely wasn't about that. I was thinking about that too after she left. I was like, I don't, I'd like to have Jason on. I'm not sure if Jason... I think Jason Isbell is awesome, and I think sometimes we will tweet back and forth with each other. I don't know if when I first moved here, I ever got into like a Twitter fight with him. That's what I was wondering. Because I think he's awesome, and I have nothing but respect, and even am a fan. And I just wonder when I came to town if I because you know I was a bull in a china shop for a while, and anybody who didn't, I won't say understand, anybody who thought that I wasn't right for being here, I just would lash out, swing, punch, kick. I hope I didn't, but I might have. We can find out. We can find out. <laughs> we can. I've, but I've like tweeted and been like, hey, man, I heard you do this interview. It was awesome. And he always tweets back and it's nice. But it's, it, she brought him up afterwards. So, yeah. Inter- that would be an interesting thing. I hope I didn't. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, the founder of the High Women. And she was awesome. Follow her, Amanda Pearl Shires, on Instagram, TikTok, and Check out the record, Loving You, and here she is, Amanda Shires. 
Man, it's really good to meet you. I don't think we've ever met. We've met a little bit in passing, but Just, not, not long enough for you to make any impressions. Correct. I don't, <laughs> I don't make much of an impression anyway. I don't either. I'm always... Yeah. People... With me, people are always surprised that when I'm not on, I'm just not on. Right. No, that makes sense. I think that I'm kind of like that. When, when's your birthday? April. When's your birthday? March. What are you? A, her- a hermit. Uh, is that a crab? <laughs> yeah, that a crab? No, I'm a Pisces, but also oh, a hermit. I thought it was a hermit. I know so little about astrology. I was like, oh, the hermit, the, yeah. the, old, the old March hermit. I went tarot all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Aries, but I don't. I always find that those astro. And are you astrology uh, like astrology believer buff? No, I just I don't subscribe to all of it 100, but um, some parts of it's got to be true. Do you do um, like I'm an eight on I don't know, I forget what the test is called. Oh yeah, Brandy made me take that test. Yeah, do you, what's that called? Mike? Enneagram. The, yeah, I, I I believe the enneagram. Yeah, because it's personality type, and so and I'm an eight, which is like you know famous eights are like dictators, sadly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And my wife is a two, which is a helper, and they're like eights and twos are right, for, and, and it defines her. Perfectly. Oh, yeah. Do you know what number you are there? Uh, I, I'd have to go back through it, but Brandy made me retake the test, and it came back the same answer. I did? It was the one where you're, like, she said, it's basically means you're a wizard. I said, okay, I'll be that. Oh, you got the Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, uh, did you find yourself, when you were younger, I hate to say a front person, but did you find yourself demanding attention creatively six, seven, eight years old in those years when you were in school, but you hadn't quite taken to an instrument yet? No, because I was started as a side person, side band. But even, but even as a kid, like oh, let's no. say seven, did your did your parents? Did they know you as Amanda who wanted to be out in front singing songs in the living room? Nope. At all. Mm-mm. What were you like as a second grader? As a second grader, I don't remember. Uh, we'd have to ask my mom, but I do remember we moved around so much. I think that, along with uh, growing up with little means, um, made me want to keep to the myself as much as possible. Fiddle didn't help. It just added more drama to the daily experience of getting to school with the violin on your back. Once you get to be a preteen? Yeah. When did you get the violin? You started playing at what, 10, 11? Yep. And so why the violin? That seems to be one of the more difficult instruments. I just saw it. I don't really, I don't believe in signs and wonders, but I do believe in signs and wonders. But um, at the A.D. Garrett's pawn shop that we were at that day with my dad, um, I saw it and I just really was taken by it probably superficial reasons that it's a beautiful looking thing and it is texas so it kind of like drips fiddles out there so you're at the pawn shop and you know there's depending on what there's like eight stories of your pawn shop fiddle you know mm-hmm. if you look online there's oh, all, there these are. Different, yeah, all these different versions <laughs> yeah. of your fiddle so you didn't go into the pawn shop going i want to get a fiddle no my, um my dad uh we had a, a great upbringing is you know everybody's got their own childhood but we didn't have a lot of um means for real like he shot a deer we ate the deer mm-hmm. he got dressed on the kitchen table not we didn't get dressed the deer did <laughs> but um his knife broke so we went to go get a different knife and um i saw it there so you weren't even looking for an instrument no i really just wanted sweet tarts from the candy I store but we couldn't even get that <laughs> i want that now actually. yeah sprees you go and you say hey i'd like that fiddle and obviously like you said you didn't come from a bunch of money for 45 so. minutes of convincing and it's in the store in a store, $60 fiddle. It was a lark fiddle. Um, uh, I think it was made in China. But um, I loved that thing. And then he said, you have to learn how to play it. And I said, I will. And we went back to his house, and he smoked a bunch of weed. And I sat in the front porch and broke all the strings. And um, in the summer, I went back to my mom's, and she got me into the school orchestra class. And then we were awarded some financial aid to be able to get um, lessons. And through my violin teacher, who, thank God for good teachers, right, um, saw that I was getting a little bored with the violin and only liked specific passages. And he showed me what he was working on, which was transcribing Frankie McCorder's um, little backstory. Eck Robertson, first recorded fiddle player, taught Frankie McCorder. And I was learning from Lanny, who was learning from Frankie. Anyway, he was transcribing all these old tunes that predate the Wills Band and all this stuff. And um, he played me... A couple of them, and then he showed me Spanish two-step, and I walked out of the lesson and said, I'm a fiddle player. My mom said, as long as you, you know, keep up with your classical, then that's fine. So what I hear, though, is a kid who got a fiddle, mm-hmm. kind of out of nowhere. You just saw it, you wanted it. Maybe Divine intervention. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I was 10, 11 years old, and I was a pretty driven kid, same, same, I was very poor, so I had to kind of set a goal and go get yeah. it, right? Yeah. But I, 
you had a fiddle, you were getting no lessons, you broke the strings, but then you still wanted to play the fiddle like a month or two later when so many kids would have probably just gone, I'm bored and I don't know how to do this, so I'm going to move on. Right. Was that generally how you were as a kid and a young adult where you saw something and you didn't stop until you got it? Since you put it to me, like I haven't been asked that question. Um, yeah, I guess going forward, you never know what kind of situation you're going to find yourself in, but I, I tend to go follow my yeah my compass, I guess. I would just think 99 out of 100 kids, age 11, 12, 13, that get a fiddle. There's no YouTube. We're, we're roughly. No, no, no. Roughly, right, there, there's no. I didn't even know a fiddle player. And they still wanted to do it that far. That's pretty remarkable that you still had the drive and desire based on that one instance in a pawn shop. Exactly. That makes me almost feel like it was some something divine. Could have been. As you play it, do you feel, as you start to learn it, does it start to feel more comfortable? Did, like, like uh, I'm meant to do this? Did that the ever- minute I can make it make a sound is when I found an expression for myself because I didn't have much uh, in the way of a vocabulary or frontal lobe development, but I felt like I had a means to, like, I don't know, like even my, I'm not even a linear talker. It's just I can express mm-hmm. myself with it. I just felt right. When you're a kid in school, preteen, teen, and you are the violin player or the fiddle player, depending on who you talk to, um, did, were you known as that at school, or was that something that you kind of separated? For the I most separated part? it, um, but I also like I did all my fiddling and I did my orchestra, and then I also really was really into music generally. Like I watched MTV Jams Countdown every day. I wrote to Tyrese; he wrote me back. I kept Ta- up hold with. On. Yeah. Pause, 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 pause. <laughs> you wrote a letter to Tyrese. Uh huh. I still have it. And then he I mean, I have back. a picture of it. Yeah, and he wrote me back. What did you? What do you say to Tyrese? I told him about what the what I thought were the best parts of his show on MTV Jams. That's and, funny. And um, I colored all over the thing, and he sent me back a signed picture. And um, no, I was I was really into R and B and rap. Like when I heard um, West Side Connections "Bow Down," it has synths on it. They go meow, meow, mm-hmm. meow. I thought that was fiddles, so I was at home also trying to learn those parts. And um, turned out much later that it was synths, which is fine. I could make that sound now with my whammy pedal. <laughs> it's great. But um, uh, no, I, I all that. Chameleonaire, that's a Texan too. Do you find that looking back, hip-hop somewhat influenced your fiddle playing style, at least rhythmically at all? I think so. I think that that in country music, you know, we get a lot of um, all that kind of stuff in um you know, we stole all that stuff mm-hmm. culturally, but I, I also believe that I um I got a lot of Latin influence too. But yeah, it all influences you in some way or another. And I still love hip hop and R and B and have designs and desires to play with um Mapey that plays the fiddle with um all the all the other cool people, mm-hmm. but I don't know if she's looking for a second. <laughs> I was at the Opry last week and, and even in my comedy act I have a a bit that I do that sets up very seriously, and I talk about country music and how a lot of people go, well, that's not country, that's not country. And the root of it is that country music came from two places, uh, from Africa, where yeah. they brought over basically the banjo, which uh-huh. has influenced all the country music, yeah. and from Europe with the fiddle, yeah. right? Yeah. And so when people go, something's not country, well, unless you're a black artist or mm-hmm. a European with a fiddle, that must not be country because you can always trace it back. Right. And then here we are, mm-hmm. and we claim things aren't country yet. And the joke goes into Garth doesn't do rodeo, now he's rich, he does rodeo. It's, it goes into <laughs> jokes, right? You want to know my idea? My idea is, it, it, you're, it, are you a country person and you're playing country music? <laughs> I agree, right? If you say it is, yeah. and... Yeah. There's some, just an element of authenticity, right? That's all yeah. I need. I caught six raccoons in a live trap last week, different live traps, and uh, one armadillo trying to get the groundhog. How can I catch the groundhogs? I don't know how to catch a groundhog. Okay. They're, it's they're it's ground- a terrible thing what they're doing to my landscaping. We have animals here. We have coyotes. Uh-huh. We have bobcats on this property right here. Yeah. We have foxes. Mm-hmm. And then circle of life because mm-hmm. we had all these foxes and my dog goes crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the bobcats ate the foxes. Okay. And then the bobcats got into a fight with the coyotes. There's just dead animals everywhere. That's incredible. My friend um, Ricky Binkley might be interested in buying some of those from you. Uh, well, they're all ripped up carcasses at this point. <laughs> okay. And there's nothing more country than that. The yeah. ripped up animal carcasses <laughs> on your property. Yeah, exactly. When you finish high school, mm-hmm. did you think that there could be a career for you outside of Lubbock or just the Texas region musically? 
Yep. Um, but I wasn't sure how. I um, graduated high school a year early and um, went to South Plains College. Why'd you graduate early? Um, you want to get out or just so so advanced that you just took a bunch of classes? Kind of both. I was I was kind of um, not. I mean, I'd do the work and get it done. You know, got the honor rolls or whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, I was skipping school and doing things, and I got caught and got into suspension the last whole damn month of high school because I stole the slips and was turning them in. What slips? And signed them. The ones where you can get out of class and then have uh, the thing yeah. back it. Like, I took the whole package That's after funny. an orthodontist appointment. That's like stealing a doctor's pad in the prescriptions. You know, people yeah. still... Yeah. You were doing that just at a young age. Yeah, and then that lady wasn't there one of the days I did it and I got caught. And that sucked. What lady? The office lady that's not the principal that writes the slips. She was like called in sick that day. And then you turned in with her, quote, her slip. Signature. Yeah. yeah. Got you. Oh, well. Well, but you, here's the difference. You were actually, I'm assuming, missing school because you were working. Is it because you were playing the fiddle and the, traveling? No, I was just getting stoned back then. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I quit smoking weed two years ago, so. And how? I quit when it became legal. Yeah, it's kind of uh, <laughs> the reverse of what I thought. So how did how did that work for you when you stopped? Did you have any sort of did your body react in a way you didn't think? Yeah, I mean, I like I've, withdrawals. Not, I mean, I don't really know about withdrawals. It kind of got shown to me by my producer Lawrence. They were like A B in my voice. And I was like, okay. I mean, you can't really help me that much. I just sound how I sound, right? But in the end, they won, and I quit for that reason. And I quit also because because um, your voice, your singing voice, you're saying yeah, it affected your voice. Got yeah, it. Yeah. That's what their main point was. So I tried it out, and they were right. And then I wasn't used to myself without being stoned, and I got used to that. And it's not like a big deal. It's just weed. But um, then you get used to not – I like being goofy. I wish <laughs> I wish I smoked weed. Yeah. I, I have often – my just a quick backstory. My mom died in her 40s from mm-hmm. drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. I never knew my dad. And so I was like, I've never had a drink of alcohol, mm-hmm. never done, only because I'm so scared of it. I would love to. I'd be the, yeah. I'd be the best. I'd win alcohol. I'd be- That's like Freddie Freeman. He wears those sun things, those long baseball undergarments to quit mm-hmm. sun cancer. I mean, not that that's the same as drugs. I'm just like, I mean, we all get these traumas and, and that's how we deal with them. And that's awesome because... You don't really, who, who needs all that dunk anyway? But I wish I could relax. Like I have a yeah. real problem. Like I wish I could just be stoned all the time or yeah. some. Yeah. Just so uh-huh. I could go. <sighs> Find the chill that everybody else has. Yeah. yeah. I've become quite serious. Have, <laughs> I don't have, know how I feel about it. Have you felt it. it change your personality fundamentally? You know how sometimes you just, if you smoke some weed, you can be like, yeah, that's fine. I can listen to this dude yammer on for hours, but I just can't put up with it anymore. That's why I need to smoke weed. Yeah, exactly. I, have no patience I mean, I'm for not telling anybody. you to do that, but you could. You, I mean, you could probably ingest yeah. it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I do want to talk about the project here, and I want to get back to how how you grew up because I've I've been to Lubbock a lot. Oh, you have. Oh yeah, a Ooh. lot touring mostly, going okay. to play the theater there, doing uh-huh. stand up, Texas Tech's there, uh-huh. big sports guy too. Yeah. So I do want to come back to Lubbock in a second, but Bobby Nelson. And this project that you did with with Bobby, but you did it before Bobby died. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Right. So you didn't do it like during, and it wasn't completed, and you finished. Like you, the whole thing was done before Bobby died. All of it, except for the um, like we were final touching mixes and yeah. mastering. But why, why Bobby, and what was the motivation for you to do this project? I made a record called Take It Like a Man, and I was toying with the idea of putting on You Were Always on My Mind on there. And um, when, you know, I have a wonderful, like a world-class keyboardist in in my group, Um, and um, I just, we did it, and it was great. And I was like, Bobby would actually be really good on this. That would be the only way to do it, like, for real. So I just reached out. Reached out seems like bad grammar. Rotched out. <laughs> reached you know, it rotched out, out seems <laughs> yeah. a little gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, would, I would say reached out, yeah. I, re- I, I went out to find her, and she <laughs> said, yeah. So we sat down and did it in Austin. And um, as we were playing, then we started playing other songs, like Red Wing and going down the rabbit hole of music that we knew. And then we said, we're going to make a band, and that we'll need to put your always on my mind on our band record. So we started making a record, and our big plan was to go out once a month for a few days and kind of, you know, primary or secondary markets and just hang out and then play music and do some shopping because she was very stylish and liked having fun too and going to dinners. And um, 
So that was our big plan. And then, um, and then, uh, God, the gods had their own plan as always. What was she like? She was tough, you know, she was tough and funny and, um, uh, like, uh, a magician at the piano. Um, you know how you can play with some people and they can let outside things in the daily like affect their playing and it kind of, when you get her in front of a piano, it's like she's one with the universe centered there and it's all just music. Like you don't feel any, like it's just that door is just there and it's open and it's music and it's right and it's glorious. Yeah. When someone like Bobby who has played at a high level for so long is it like uh do you have a lot of you know life questions she lived a life i mean similar to your life she's yeah. playing music traveling making a well, career the out difference of creativity. though she got her kids taken away for playing in a band and she didn't smoke weed or drink or anything what was that story um well she was playing in places that weren't churches uh in bars and stuff and uh they called her an unfit mother and what year, what year was whore it? and all this kind of stuff. Like 50s, I mean, seventies or so. That late? It was. I the, don't know. I'm guessing she. She's I'm, I'm not great with wow. my time I hear, but I mean, women couldn't even have a credit card in, in, right. until the seventies. But so she quit playing places that served alcohol. Went back and got a business degree. Then started working for the Hammond B three company, modeling those um, demo and those pianos, and eventually got her kids back. Um, and then in the Wexler years, rejoined um, Willie Nelson. And, um, you know, I do, you know, Willie would have been Willie no matter what, but Willie wouldn't have been the same Willie had Bobby not came back to uh, play with him because, mm-hmm. you know, he learned a lot about music from her. Anyway, so she had all that happen. And then, you know, random, not random, various abuses uh, along the way and um, managed to still stay in a life of music and then return to the life and music that she wanted, which was to be a sideman and um, play music. You know. Let's take a quick pause for a message from our sponsor. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right don't miss it mark your calendars and be the first to see it march 20th at 7 p.m eastern only on iHeartRadio's youtube channel save the date at new-qx80.com 2025 qx80 coming this summer apple card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card you earn up to three percent daily cash on every purchase every day that's three percent on your favorite products at apple 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. (laughs) I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. You fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back on the Bobbycast. What is your relationship like right now with music? You go in and out of seasons of loving it and for different reasons? 
No, I I really love music a whole lot. I just um I'm I'm aware of the of the people around it that you know a little bit more uh, open to uh, people's manipulations and, and motives for sure. But the music, no, I love that to my core. So if I said, "What is your relationship with the music industry?" that would be a different answer. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I, I would say I don't really have much of one with the music industry, but I'd like to sit down and figure out uh, kind of how many dinners I need to buy. <laughs> when you grow up in Lubbock, Texas, are there any shows that come through Lubbock that you can remember going to and seeing it in person and going, dang, uh-huh. that's awesome. Snoop Dogg, um, Merle Haggard. Um, Not together. No, no, that, that would have been awesome. Yeah, no, that would have been a heck of a show. Black Street came with, um, mm. well, maybe it's Black Street and New Edition came first mm. and then Snoop Dogg came and everybody passed out because it was in the fairgrounds and there's like no ventilation um, and it was hot. And then, um, yeah, Merle Haggard. Uh, I, I grew up, you know, seeing Lloyd Maines play a lot because he was in Lubbock and the Flatlanders, of course. And, um, I mean, all kinds of folks. The Texas country scene. Mm-hmm. I lived in Austin for 12 years, so very familiar with Texas and Texas country scene. Were those guys traveling through Lubbock a lot? Were you going to any of those Oh, shows yeah. I didn't go really to the Pat Greens and all that. Uh-huh. I was working with like an indie an indie group, thrift store cowboys, and then we'd bring shows to Lubbock. Like we'd bring shows to like Lucero and um, uh, Corey Brandon, a bunch of like uh, Centromatic, all that kind of stuff. Bring shows to Lubbock that were, um, you know, just different kinds of music, yeah. eclectic. Even yeah, yeah. Well, you started touring at fifteen or so. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I started getting paid around then, but I would go and play shows and. Learn, learn how to do it a little on the bit road. along the way. Yeah. And what did your parents think about that? Oh, they thought it was fine. Um, all the Texas Playboys at this point were in their 70s. Mm-hmm. And um, they were, they're who I compare everybody to, you know, any any kind of catting around they did. Uh, uh, they did it in the privacy of their own hotel rooms. And I only happened to notice that happened when I was on my way to a hotel lobby once. And I saw one of the gentlemen escorting a, a lady to... Um, to her car and I was like interesting but very classy um and um at the same time you know I just showed up and you know we had fun we ate dinner I got seven desserts at the end of every night and we did little workshops and fiddle camps and it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun Tommy also was the best is so far the best boss I've ever had when you go to college and you decide to go to college you went to Swanee oh yeah for my graduate okay what'd you where did you go undergrad um South Plains and then Texas Tech you went to tech? Yeah. So what was the idea behind going to college? Was it to keep learning music? Or was it to have a degree just in case? Yeah, mom said have a fallback plan. Mm. What was that? What was the degree in? Well, I was two credits or two, maybe it was two two semesters away from a master's of architecture in my undergraduate degree and I bailed so I could just get a city planning type thing because I wanted to play rock and roll music, go on tour more. And, um, so what do you I'd, mean you bailed? So you took it, I don't understand what you just said. City planning, is that... I think I know. Oh, so I switched. So I had two semesters left of this other major degree. And mm-hmm. I was like, There's, I'm not doing that. And I was like, I talked to the advisor. I was like, what's the quickest way out of here? Said, you know, geography, city planning, go that way. And I'm like, cool, I'll do that. And Did you like it at all? School? Uh, city planning, architecture. Did you like? No, oh, I liked it. it. Yeah. yeah. I liked, I like buildings and I like geography. I like knowing where I am. Um, not to the extent I want to be doing AutoCAD. That shit sucks. I I, am I, I not allowed? I'm probably not allowed no, you to cuss are. on here. Okay, you sorry. Cuss. We'll bleep it. I, I forgot we were not just talking at, like each other to each other. <laughs> Anything that needs to be bleeped gets okay. bleeped. So don't worry about it. Just talk however you want. I like to lie and say it means ship high in transit. <laughs> <laughs> what is AutoCAD? Oh, that's a program that you build um, homes and things. So like the, the Sims? Do you ever play that game? Uh, no, but I, I, it's it's much like a video game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So do you? Have, do you Use that at all now at home? No. Whenever you, nothing, no renovation, no. I don't know who to call to get a renovation. I need a bigger closet. I've got an Americana sized closet and we have way too many shoes. That's our problem too. Really? Is the shoes, yeah. yeah. I love shoes. So do I. And when both, because my wife likes shoes too. Yeah. I, I probably have more shoes than my wife. Mm-hmm. But when you both love shoes, yeah. one loving shoes is okay. Yeah. But when you both do it, it just, it's yeah. flooded of shoes. Yeah. Are you sneakers or? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, and I never, Did you see the shoe surgeon ones? I So, listen to this. Okay. You brought up the shoe surgeon. Yes, I did. Because I'm a massive shoe guy. Okay. I never had shoes. When I first made my first real money, I bought a pair of Jordans, and I was like 
This yeah. is the coolest thing ever. Exactly. You would like Ferragamo's story then, that documentary. The story of on shoes. What? Shoes. No, on what platform? Uh, oh, well, maybe Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Fair, yeah. I have some... Sh- I have some shoe surgeon shoes. Yeah. I have a couple pair. One, Which ones? Well, so I have the <laughs> I have the Pizza Hut shoes. Okay. That are like there's like they put out like 20 pair. Mm-hmm. He did them period all and I have size 11s mm-hmm. that are uh, universal size mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and they're worth thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, but I didn't buy them for that. I got them right. as a gift when Pizza Hut put them out. They have GPS in them. Uh-huh. And we looked them up and one site selling them for like a million bucks. Oh my God. Exactly. I didn't pay that That's much. an investment. Do we have them um, insured? They are. Well, here's the thing. We do not. Can I, bu- can I have them and buy me a new closet? You cannot. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I love shoes. I'm a yeah. big sneakerhead. Why, yeah. why are you in shoes? Where did that come from? I think that's what happens when we all come from nothing. We like shoes. You know, you're your kid. You're supposed to keep your shoes clean. You're supposed to have nice shoes. I don't know. I haven't thought about it too hard, but... Um, Is it I, fancy boots, too? Do you like boots? Fancy boots? I like all the shoes. I mean, shoes and boots and dresses. Do you have a favorite? Okay. I, I love red. You do? I do. Shoes? Everything. Okay. But yes, okay. red shoes mm-hmm. especially. I have, mm-hmm. a, I have a whole section mm-hmm. of red shoes. Okay. And red boots, and mm-hmm. I'll get them specially made too. Yeah. Like I'm a big nerd. Yeah. Do you have a special, like a theme of your, a favorite theme in any sort of footwear apparel? Um, I I like my shoes very tall because I'm so very short. I'm almost five three. Like, so like heels. I like platforms. I like heels. I like even the you know the tall tennis shoes that are tall, and then I've got some tennis shoes with heels. I got you know my favorites. Oh, we could nerd out for a second mm-hmm. on shoes because I I could do mm-hmm. do shoes all day. Yeah. But and they're not the most dramatic. But just ex- an example here: these are the these are New Balance. Yep, and those I, are pretty. And I never really, I always thought New Balance were kind of lame until they started to actually not be lame. Yeah. Meaning mm-hmm. they started to color them up a little bit and mm-hmm. they started to make them a little trendier. But then they started to know they were cool and they started jacking the prices up yeah. a lot too. Yeah. And now I think they're the best. It's the best general universal tennis shoe. Yep, it's it's really good. It used to be Adidas. Mm-hmm. Adidas used to used to, mm-hmm. for me used to be the big winner there. Yep. But now. New ba- and maybe it's got getting older too, but I don't think so. I think these New Balance are just really cool. I think if you have been in the shoe game for a minute, you know what the hell you're talking about. I, well, I've you been know? in for a solid yeah. minute. Yeah, I'm pretty in. I'm pretty deep. Yeah, I like it too when people go do Western stuff that you know don't, don't spend a whole lot of time doing Western stuff like these. These are um, some interesting plays on Western wow. footwear. So that looks like. A traditional with some sort of uh, netting, but is that part of the shoe? That's my sock. Okay, <laughs> then that looks like a it looks like a hybrid, like a traditional and, yeah. a, and a cowboy. Yeah, but it's like not. But I like that because it doesn't go all. It doesn't do the thing with your pants where it make messes mm. your pants line up. I hate shoes that aren't comfortable. Like Me too. I like expensive shoes, fine. Mm-hmm. But if they're if they're not comfortable, yeah. I will not be a slave to shoe fashion. No. At expense for the yeah. my feet rubbing raw. Exactly. I tell people when they ask me about it, I say buy them a half size too big. That yeah. way, when you're walking around on them and your feet swell, then they fit. Award shows are the worst yeah. because they'll go, okay, here are the shoes you're going to wear, mm. and I'm like, well, okay, it looks good with it, but I know I'm gonna have blisters. Yeah, and they're like, suck it up. They, they're giving you this whole wardrobe for free. And then what, what? What is it if it doesn't feel good? Then I'm miserable all exactly. night. Exactly. Rather just wear tennis shoes. Yeah, Take we me- should. We should talk about this on the award show while, like, go off script and talk about it. This would be a bit for you and I <laughs> yeah, to sit exactly. up here and talk about award yeah, show They shoes. drag us off and blame me. They would play the music somehow. <laughs> yeah. So you're playing, you're in college, you're getting a, a fallback. I feel just, like we're not talking enough about you. No, this is not about me okay, at all. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm over me. I okay. do me all the time. Okay, okay. So I, I would talk about me none, uh, if possible. Okay. But uh, I'll tell you, here's something about me. I wear an aura ring now, uh-huh. and this aura ring tells me how much I sleep at night. Yeah, and I don't sleep very much. Right, but it also tells me my score on how ready I am for the day. Mm-hmm. And the last five nights I've had like in the sixties, which is terrible mm-hmm. because one hundred is perfect. I've never gotten the eighties. My wife can get in the eighties. I've been at like sixty-two with an elevated heart rate for like five nights in a row. Mm. Don't know why. I think I need to smoke weed. <laughs> Do you, have you checked your blood pressure? Mm, I ain't gone to the doctor or anything. Yeah. But it, just, it makes me think, like, I should smoke weed because then I can be relaxed. I had something like that happen a long time ago. It turned out I needed blood pressure medicine. Well, now you're getting me freaked out about my blood pressure. Well, I'm no doctor. I'm a was... fiddle player. <laughs> were you playing in college? Yeah. While you were also studying? Uh-huh. Were you playing to the point where it's affecting your grades? Yeah. I still got out. Yeah? Yeah. Were you playing to the point of you were getting... I'm not going to say so good, but you were... 
getting a lot better and being recognized that you knew now that you had the fallback, it didn't matter. You still were going to pursue it professionally. Oh yeah. I never wanted, I didn't really want to finish that degree, but I wanted, cause I want to go on the road. And, um, I was, you know, I was still a side man and I was, I haven't had a comfortable living doing that, you know? Was it always in the, in your cards to be a side person? Well, see, I, because I started so young, I thought that that's what I was going to want to do until I fell in love with words. And that happened in part, um, I made this little fiddle record um, that's just mainly all fiddle tunes, and I made it because the Texas Playboys, they each individually had these little records they made of them, their own selves playing, themselves playing their tunes to sell, uh, to supplement the income at, income at the table. And um, so I did that too, because who doesn't want an extra $15? Anyway, so uh, I did that, and then I, you know, I sing harmony too at that point, and wanted to somehow feature that that turns out that you have to pay people if you sing their songs mm. so i just wrote a couple and threw them on there and um was playing with billy joe shaver and because i didn't know to ask that you're supposed to ask before you set your cds up on the merch table there's like nobody teaches you what you're supposed to do um i just had them and i was showed up for the show and i put them out there and after one of the shows he noticed he was like what is this i was like oh that's my little fiddle record he was like, you didn't, you didn't ask to put that up there. I was like, oh, I didn't know I had to. And then so the whole drive, we had to listen to it. And this Billy Joe Shaver, if you've never met him, is is a wild man, a wonderful human, but also very wild. Listen to what? Your record? Yeah. He, he wanted to listen to the, with you. You had to listen together. Yeah, I rode in his car with him. <laughs> yeah, this is the man that um, is famous, famous for uh, making uh, Waylon do right by his word what he said he was going to do anyway outlaw but he got only a couple fingers of all shooting is a lot yeah. honky tonk heroes yes, is almost sir. all written by him all that stuff but um he also before he died he shot a man in the face like like two years before anyway uh, anyway why did i go there because he's a wild man mm-hmm. so i was a little bit nervous in the car because he has a gun in his boot and i'm not lying and um two like mm-hmm. uh, those speed detectors one on each side for no one would like the radar him. detector, yeah, those yeah, things, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. crazy. And meanwhile, he hits an orange and white like road cone, and it's like not road cone barrel. Anyway, so we listened <laughs> to it, and he said, "You need, you know what you need to do." And I was like, "What? You need to move to Nashville. You t- clear, you're going to be a songwriter." I was like, "No, I don't want to be fired. I love my job, Billy Joe." And um, he said, "He said, no, no, no. You, you, you got to go be a songwriter." I was like, "No, I, I really love playing the fiddle with you, sir." I feel like I'm doing a great job. I will not put my CD out anymore. And he's like, goes on and on. And then anyway, I wasn't getting fired. But then a year later, I did pack up all my shit and move to Nashville uh, to pursue my dream of being a waitress. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to make you actually, like, uh, gun in the boot, pull the trigger to actually move to Nashville a year later? Was there one incident where you're like, okay, I got to go now? There was a couple. Um, I was... First, I was having a hard time getting booked in Texas, booking myself, because you have to start out booking yourself, because everybody already knew me as a side person. They're like, no, but you play with Gary P. Dunn. No, but you play with Billy Joe. No, but you play with... And I'm like, no, but I'm a songwriter now. Were you singing and playing fiddle? um, I was singing, playing fiddle. If If I could get a side person to play with me and play backup guitar, I'd play fiddle. If not, I'd play ukulele. Got it. Yeah. And um, just because it was easier to tote... um, and anyway, so did that and um, wasn't getting very far. And then Todd Snyder um, called and said, you can open a show for me. And I said, okay, that'd be great. And I drove to Dallas, which is like five hours from Lubbock. And then he didn't show up. And then I only had like five songs. So I had to keep playing over and over and over and over. And only two weeks ago, he told me he was there. But you but, still had to play even though he didn't show up? Yeah. Do you play the so whole, last minute. You yeah. played the whole show then? Over and over and over the same five songs. Yeah. What what the crowd think about that? They weren't they didn't they didn't most of them left, but uh they didn't it, they probably didn't think much of it. <laughs> wow. And um so between that and then feeling like cuz that was like one show that I got to do mm-hmm. and I was just like feeling like okay, I have to go kind of start over somehow. And when I do, I'm going to have to not be a side person cuz that's easy to fall back into. Like moving to a new school, mm-hmm. you can oh, right. you can almost smart change who you are. Yeah, exactly. And it's always a version of yourself, or maybe mm-hmm. a version that was kind of suppressed by you or other people because 
that wasn't always who you were, right? You almost right. don't you don't, almost don't get to evolve when you're with the same people all the time. Right. But you felt a change of scenery in a more musical place would actually let you evolve without people going, Nope, we only know you for this. Right. And I felt like I had to be careful. Like I was I th- I told myself when I move to Nashville and do this, I'm only gonna play with people that I can learn something from. You know, has to be somebody I can learn something from. Who did you know here? Who did you meet here early on? Justin Townsend. So you knew him before you got here? He was already No, I met him. I was so Jason was playing at the Mercy Lounge, um, and he called me because we were just friends. This is way back in the day. And I'd played with him some when I was touring on my own out of Texas. Um, and he was coming to town. He was like, come play the fiddle on this thing. I'm putting a rec- It was, was a Sirens of the Ditch had just come out. And um, I said, okay. And I went up there and sat in. And then after I got off the stage, Joshua Black Wilkins and Justin Tom's Earl were there. And we started playing pool, and they were my my BFFs. Did you move to like a small apartment here? What was your living situation yeah. when you came um, to Well, I lived with a boyfriend and I lived I lived with a boyfriend. I spent some time in the back of Buzz Kaysen's guest house for a while. Um and and I lived with a boyfriend and I lived on the road a lot. Did you do the songwriter things here in town, like on Tuesday and Wednesdays, or were you gone as much as possible? Um, I was working as a waitress mostly. Where? At um three sixty and then you know three sixty in Belmead? Well, I don't know anywhere. Yeah, there's that one, and then there was. What's three? Is three sixty a place? Yeah. Okay. It's like a, it was um because like in two thousand and three there weren't as many restaurants here. I know Belmead. I live in Belmead, yeah. mm-hmm. but I don't know three sixty. It's by the spa. Yeah. What'd you learn about? Because I was a, I was a server. I was a waiter yeah. before oh, server yeah. became the term. Yeah, yeah. I was a waiter. Yeah. What'd you learn through service waiting? Uh, I, that I liked wine. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say I learned the little bit of patience that I have. Oh yeah. I have very little. Yeah. But I had to have patience with idiots. Yeah. <laughs> or I wouldn't make my money. Yeah, exactly. Because if I get irritated mm-hmm. at somebody who's going to tip me, yeah. then I'm not going to get a tip. Right. It's like dealing with some of these promoters now if I'm on the road doing comedy. And sometimes they're idiots. Yeah. And I have to just allow the idiots to spread their wings. I love comedy so much. I go to like Comedy Club, Laugh Factory, all those zanies. I love all that. You Here? You'll just yeah. go? Yeah. Have you seen anybody good lately? Um. No, I I went to I haven't been to the Zanies one in a second. I've been going out of town more. Yeah, so I go to the ones out of town. But um, what's the best comedy show you've ever been to? Where you just laugh? I went to see Chris Rock once in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I love Chris Rock, mm-hmm. and I thought it was about the funniest thing I'd ever seen. It was like three hours too, and I usually even I, I heard about that. My friend Will Will Welch got, went to the one that was in New York. I don't even like movies to be three hours, so I, I you wouldn't. I wouldn't think I'd like a three-hour comedy show, but it was so good, and it was like watching Picasso paint, but we knew how good Picasso was while he was painting instead of... It's so wild. They just... A comedian just gets up there with just a microphone, well, and the, that's all they've got. The great part about it is there's no overhead for me. I'll fly yeah. into a theater. Yeah. I got. I have no... It's just me. There's no overhead, but it's none. all your fault oh, at the same sure. time. <laughs> it's, a, it's the most isolated, lonely thing I've ever done, because yeah. if I go up and I don't feel right or I'm not on, mm-hmm. there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Once I was doing a show in Massachusetts and somebody yelled, I'm going to shoot you uh-huh. or I should shoot you. And everybody starts screaming. Mm-hmm. And, but the promoter had had a conversation with me before. It's like, hey, you have to do you know 50 minutes mm-hmm. or you're not getting paid. That's mm-hmm. fine. I, I do hour 10, hour 20, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But then everybody started running out. Cops came in. Yeah. I sat down on the stage and wouldn't leave because yeah. I didn't want him to go, you didn't do your 50 minutes. Man, I've been in that spot in Belfast. Like Belf- Belfast, not in America, Belfast? Right. Um, Where they didn't want to pay you? They wouldn't pay me until I hit the whole time limit, and I was having trouble because I ate some bad fajitas. Bad idea. Oh, you're sick. And the, too. yeah, at this mm. the bathroom was right by the stage. Everybody knew what happened. Talk about a humiliating experience. <laughs> How'd you get through that one? I came out of the bathroom and everybody heard what was on display, and I said, <laughs> "I'm sorry, but I have to keep going for 30 more minutes. I don't mind if y'all leave. I would, um, but I'm going to sit here and do this because otherwise, I'm not going to have any gas money." Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always afraid of them not paying. That's when I say it, let yeah. idiots be idiots. I just mm-hmm. say, yes, sir. You got it, sir. Yeah. I'm going to finish my show, my yeah. show, sir. Uh, if they get too weird, you just get your booking agent on them. Yeah, but usually it's, they only get weird with me if they do, because most are great. Mm-hmm. But if they do, it's 9, 8, 45. Like before I'm going to go on, there's been mm-hmm. some issue and they don't want to pay for this. Yeah. And my manager maybe will probably be on the road with me. Yeah. Yeah. But like anybody else won't answer the phone at 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> I'm doing a show. So I just kind of feel lonely out there. The Bobby Cast. We'll be right back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. 
as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. This is the Bobby Cast. So you're in Nashville. You're making your friend circle. Yeah. When you moved here, did you kind of notice that musically it was. I worked some of the basement eats east too, despite Grammy's forgetfulness at the time. I would do some bar backing there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you notice? Not the east, just basement OG. The east wasn't there yet. Like how elevated musically this town was? Or the, did you come here and you felt like there were a lot of just really strong players? Or were you just around so many already that it really wasn't a culture shock to you? Players I was used to being around. I wasn't used to seeing so much great like artists, like songwriters. Like I didn't see a whole lot of that. Like Lubbock, we had some. But it was like when you go out, out into the world in Nashville and you hear people, you're just like, that is an artist. Mm-hmm. That person those how did that person come up with those words you know that kind of thing musicianship is is stellar and world class here and everybody does move here and it's also you know in, inherited and in, of the soil probably or something but um i had never seen so many people that were you know like not just sidemen more intimidated at first or inspired or what would you ratio that at um just by the artistry of folks. I was always intimidated by that. I don't know how people could go on stage and on the stage be in the front and all that. It's so weird. It took me, I had a horrible stage fright. It took me a long time to get used to. Um, but yeah, I was, it's, it's intimidating, but it's also like renew, not renewing. It's like intimidating, but it's, and inspiring feels like such a stupid word. But it's such a, it makes you want to rise to the occasion too, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you want to, be that good or hope to aspire mm-hmm. to be. Do you remember anybody here that you saw and you were just like, I, I cannot believe that person is that good? Oh, yeah. Um, ben Hall. Um, I don't know if he's playing much. He can really play. Um, and then, I'm trying to think who else could. Justin got to where he, he was really good, but then he took a turn for the worst. But that's the beast's fault, not his. And, um, other folks that were really good. Like you saw him at a show. Maybe you didn't even know him, but you were just like, I'm like, I'm almost enthralled. Like you could, mm-hmm. you just, you couldn't stop thinking about the artistry. Of- oh, the time jumpers. Oh, when yeah. I saw them, that was the same night I met Tom T. Hall. That was wild. What about the time jumpers took you aback? 
the fiddle playing was right, and it was so beautiful, and it was they were doing some incredibly difficult things. Um, uh, the uh, way they engaged with the crowd, and it was just really beautiful. Can you hear a fiddle in a song and not judge it? Yes. You can, you can because ask. this is the thing about fiddle players. We all stick together. It's not like like fiddle players are monogamous. They like their this one fiddle that they really love to play. They might have a backup one. But um, also fiddlers like Eamon. All the fiddle players in the world want to sit around and just play the fiddle all day. You know, Tyler, Tyler, children, Timmy's playing fiddle, and everybody's playing the fiddle now. It didn't used to be like that. But, you know, guitars, guitar players, are, they like to cut heads, and you know. So you're not switching out fiddles every song like a guitar player? No. Not, do you switch at all? It's just no. the one, really? Mm-hmm. Do you have I to don't... tune? If, and pardon my ignorance on fiddle because I play guitar a little bit, mm-hmm. but I don't play fiddle at all. Mm-hmm. Do, do you ever have to change tuning in a fiddle? Um, you can if you want. I never do because it kind of doesn't settle right. You can do whatever you want to any instrument, but no, you leave it like it's supposed to be, and you have a tuner there that you just tune up. Do you play, since you play the fiddle, again, ignorance, please forgive me. No, do you play one of those? I love talking about the fiddle. <laughs> like uh, the electric harp type thing? Is that at all the same as a fiddle? The electric harp. Yeah. It's got like, say, listen, I don't even know what no, it's called. No, it's okay. I, I'd probably get to the bottom of it. If, you, if there's an electric harp, I want to own it. Um, is there not an electric harp? Am I just really? There idiot? probably is. What is the closest instrument to a fiddle that's not a fiddle? Because you could probably put me on it. What else do you play? I mean, it, it, there, there are things that, there are old ancient ideas that it came from the lyre, the lyre. Mm-hmm. Liar, whatever, one of Apollo's muses or something. I don't know. I wasn't there. But um, the fiddle is awesome. I play one with five strings like Johnny Gimbel did. Can you ding, ding, Can you finger it in, mm-hmm. in place? Yeah, it's like a mandolin, mm-hmm. but you don't bow the mandolin. You said the ukulele. Are yeah, they play similar that. at all? No. No. No, it's just they're both little. Well, so there's a similarity. <laughs> yeah. They're both little. Fingers. Do you have calluses from playing fiddle is that a thing because you have yeah. to hold the frets down yeah and if you don't mine go away if i don't play for a little bit you, it's yours... a different type of callus i get one here too that sometimes can be considered your uh, neck you get a callus in your neck well yeah from where you hold it but sometimes it's odd because sometimes people will think it's a hickey like if you've been playing or practicing a lot and it makes like a thing and sometimes you know kind of gets a little bit of a callus on your neck right there and if you play it a lot during the day you can get a mark that might you know somebody mm-hmm. be in a, a like Overly, like, whatever they'd be like, is that a hickey on your neck? And you're like, no, that's not a hickey on my neck. It's you're an idiot. Have you ever had a hickey? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm a freaking baller <laughs> fiddle player. It's not, a, <laughs> it's not what not a hickey, hickey looks like. <laughs> so, you've never seen a hickey. Could you? That's what it looks like. <laughs> that's true. I, listen, I don't think I've ever had a hickey. Mike, you ever had a hickey? No, I'm, never. I've been a loser. Until you could give yourself one. That I've done on my bicep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've, I've sucked my bicep into a hickey more than once. But then you go to school and they'd be like, I'd be like, I got a hickey. Yeah. Like, no, it matches with your mouth exactly where if you yeah. bend your mouth to your arm. Yeah. So in Nashville, you make your friend group. When do you feel comfortable being a front, like comfortable being a front person? Is that, is that years later? Yeah. It took me some getting used to. Did you have any crazy shows where you're like, I don't, this does not feel good. I don't like being a front person. Maybe I just want to go back to being a side player because it didn't go well. I didn't want to go back to being a side player, but I wanted to figure out how to overcome it. Like I was reading some self-help books and downloading things to try and figure it out why it was like that. Like, why do I always get up there and get nerved out when I'm trying to sing my own songs? Yeah, what's up with Stage Fright in you and how did you combat it? I read books about it and tried to be scientific about it and that didn't help and, um... After a while, I've, I've, <laughs> there's a couple of things. Like, you know, you don't realize it when you go to a show until you're watching from the other side of the stage. People have a music listening face, like the way they listen to music. And it's not always a pleasant face. It's like, they're, you know, they're like relaxed or they're in thought. And you could take that as sleeping or as not caring. Or they might be like, like thinking hard, but it looks like I hate you. Mm. You know, there's a lot of music listening faces I've noticed. And, um, so there's that. And then um, it's part of it, though. You have to learn how to navigate, like I feel like you do, to be able to, to play anywhere at any time. Um, you have to be able to put up with hecklers and, mm. and know all all that kind of stuff and how to deal with people that are just genuine assholes and do want to throw stuff at you. But you have to learn all that. And then the fear thing, I guess, what happened with me is um, when I did the Opry for the first time and I was about to not go on stage. And um, he said... You were thinking about not going on stage, really? I was terrified. Really? Anxiety attack? Just, or just crazy anxiety? Yeah, I used to get time. bad panic attacks, too. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I started transcendental meditation. That helped. But what he said that helped was, um, he said, oh, you're nervous? 
it just means you care. Mm-hmm. He's like, go out there and be nervous and show him that you care with your nerves. And I was like, okay. And I was like, I went out there and I was like, you know, he's right. I just care. Mm-hmm. I worked with a bunch of kids on American Idol for four years where that was the main thing they would ask me. I was like the head mentor on their show. And they would go, how do I not be nervous? And I was like, you don't. There's no not being nervous. Yeah. There is, you only have a few instances in your life where you get to be nervous for something awesome. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times it's going to be nervous for something that ain't awesome. Right. But yeah. if, you have, if you get to be nervous for something awesome, that means this is cool. This matters. Yeah. This is important to you. Yeah. And the sooner you realize that you can't overtake nervousness mm-hmm. just by thinking about something. Right. And that you embrace the fact that it just kind of sucks, that you're yeah. nervous for a good reason. Mm-hmm. And the more you do it, the more you, that you can, for me, especially doing stand-up, when things went wrong mm-hmm. and I was able to navigate out of them, mm-hmm. then it didn't scare me so much that things would go wrong anymore. Right. It just took me to get up there and screw up a bunch to go, oh, worst case scenario, I'm still okay because I've right. gotten through it. And then I started to be less nervous. Not mm-hmm. because I got better at it, but because mm-hmm. I got better at being bad at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's funny. And so it was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, if I suck... And mm-hmm. I'm so nervous that I'm going to suck. I've sucked before and I found my way out of it. Right. So I feel comfortable enough to go into it again. And if I'm nervous, one, cool. Yeah. That means it's worth something. And two, I'll be okay. Yeah. Got out of it before, got out of it again. Yeah. yeah. Are you stage fright now? Gone? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it took a little doing between that experience. And then I went on tour with John Prine uh, a lot. And he, he knows how nervous I was. And I was going out solo. I went out solo for all kinds of folks. Even Ryan Adams had some experiences there too that were interesting but anyway all that to say i was playing a show with john once and it played like i don't know like grown again or somewhere in sweden and i forgot my shoes and um the next day i went out and i had my tennis shoes on with my black dress and all this we're playing theaters you know and um he said you can't wear those shoes it doesn't look right with that outfit i was like what am i gonna do and he's like well it looks good with just the tights and he said i'll make sure we find your shoes but like it's so many Weird things happened so far on every stage that it's like, I think I've done all the bad things yeah. that could possibly happen. And whatever they shoot at you, yeah. you're going to be okay. Yeah. 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 The, all the technical things have happened, everything that could happen probably. And you also, what I've learned too, like if my ears go out mm-hmm. and I just keep going. Yeah. Just keep going. Just keep going. That's it. Just yeah. keep going. Because I've stopped early on. Oh, uh, Mayor, so hold yeah. on. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. And nobody really knows. I mean, the Beatles did it without monitors. I was watching an old video of the Beatles playing Shea Stadium mm-hmm. or in like late 60s. Like it's where the Mets played baseball. No monitors. And not only that, they would just have their little amps to an entire stadium. And they were just putting mics on amps. And the people were screaming so loud, you couldn't even hear them. Yeah. They're terrible. And today it would be ter- the terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sound. Yeah. But they would play, I can't buy me love. Ah! <laughs> terribly mic, terribly amped, and the people yeah. were just screaming so loud. I heard because I was in the live then that the that the those venues all smelled like pee too because all the folks were peeing themselves watching because those concerts. <laughs> I see where people now that people will wear diapers to Taylor's shows because they don't want to leave. So oh, they'll just pee in their diapers, like adult diapers. Uh huh. Nice. That's, that's how good, you know you made it when people. That's cool. When people want to stay at your show so bad, yeah, they'll just yeah eat a bad fajita, yeah. and stay, yeah, you know. I heard George Jones did that once and also acted like Donald Duck in a he, diaper. <laughs> in the George Jones series? Have you seen that at all, the uh, George and Tammy? No, I, I saw the Tales from a Tour bus. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. yeah, George and Tammy, it was actually really good. Mm-hmm. And like Jessica Chastain played mm-hmm. Tammy Wynette and could sing. She's so hot. Yeah, had she's to say pretty. It. She's pretty. Yeah. And, but the, he talk, talks like a duck a lot when he would like get nervous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really good. Uh, loving you out June 23rd. So you did this with Bobby Nelson. Uh, what? Willie's a part of this too, right? He got one of the songs? Um, yeah, he sang on Summertime. And so what did he think about the project? He thought it was beautiful. I mean, I mean I'm going to go ahead and speak for Willie, but I believe um, Willie loved his sister's music, musical talents and um, probably was his favorite. But um, no, it's going to, it's cool. It's cool. We did a bunch of old jams. and. Um, did you do Always on My Mind with Bobby? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We did that. You're always on my mind. And we did some Texas Playboy stuff. You know, Willie's one of his first shows he ever put on. His first was a Bob Wills show down in Texas. And um, he's a big Bob Wills fan. You know that by all of his tunes he's covered. And he was a huge Cindy Walker fan. Um, they also did a record of hers. But um, good music, as he said, as once they're written, they're for everybody. Mm-hmm. The new album, Loving You, you guys should check it out. June 23rd, it's out. 
And do you still practice? Yes. Really? You know what I've been doing lately? Well, I'm gonna these release shows I'm doing with the wheel. July 8th and 9th, but um, down in Texas. I but, saw Ray Benson at the Grammys for the first time in a long time. He came up and he was like, bah! he's so big, right? I love him. He's so yeah. tall yeah. and friendly and he yeah. puts his arm around me. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I knew him in Austin. Like yeah. I was in Austin. I knew all that's the guys so from Asleep cool. at the Wheel. Yeah. yeah. And so speaking of Ray Benson, I was just thinking about him the mm-hmm. other day. I didn't mean to interrupt your story there. No, like, that's okay. No, I was just going to say, I've been, I went and dusted off the, um, it's going to sound silly, but I don't care. I went and dusted off the Orange Blossom special um, and I've been playing it at, at, at the rehearsals just for fun. And um, playing it way too fast because that's also fun. But you for, you forget sometimes if you don't keep the tunes in your in your pocket, and um, so I try to keep them close somewhat. I want to find before you leave, and we're going to cut this in a second. I want to find the instrument that I brought up. I'm to curious, you. me now too, because I listen. I'm not known for my uh, instrument prowess. Listen, you can't know everything. Trust me, I think I do. And then I <laughs> am quickly reminded that. Don't I forget to write down that Ferragamo documentary. I don't even write it down. You I'll did. remember it. You will? Okay. Yeah, yeah remember it. How's your, how's your memory? It's really good when I'm not smoking weed, actually. Have you noticed a difference? Oh, yeah, because I haven't, I haven't, I haven't part, partooken, partooketh, partaketh, partaken. Mm-hmm. Part, yeah, whatever. All these words sound like they could be better, don't they? Um, in, in, in such a long time that. Um, Do you miss it? Sometimes I miss the part where you can just, where everything's. Hilarious and chill. And I would like that too. Mm-hmm. Auto harp. Oh, the auto harp. I love that. I have Paul Kinnerly's. That's what I'm talking. Okay, I guess electro yeah. harp is not the yeah. same thing. Obviously. Yeah, this is Mother Maybell thing. Um, the the thing where you push the buttons and you can strum stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the auto harp. The auto harp's an amazing machine. I um subscribe to the idea that you can um, get yourself out of ruts, be it musically or with um, writing by just changing up the instruments. Um, it wasn't an idea unique to me, but um, a lot of people do it. Like Tom Waits will go play with some kind of instrument he's not used to playing with and jostle some stuff and get some new mm-hmm. ideas. It's like anything. You know, if, you, if you're getting bored with cooking, buy yourself a new spoon. I don't know. <laughs> the auto harp to me looks like if you were to mix a steel guitar mm-hmm. with one of those 80s piano u- guitar ukulele things where you're like, mm-hmm. play, not a ukulele, but it's like the piano and the guitar. No, it's a, it's a centaur. What is that thing called where it's like, it looks like a guitar. Accordion? Well, it's like a guitar no. that's got a piano in it. <laughs> oh. Like a keytar? Keytar. There you it. go. It, it's yeah. like if you mix a steel guitar yeah. and it's, a keytar where you're pushing the buttons. Yeah. It's like, it is like that. You hold it and you push these buttons and you strum. Like, so you don't have to, like, do, your fingers. do yeah, yeah. chords. Yeah. Dang. Do you ever? Do you it ever, takes uh, a long time to tune. Speaking of it, no, uh, Gillian Welch, give me my auto harp tuner back, please. We got to get our piano tuned, which is annoying. Oh, yeah. That, it takes forever. It does. It's like, ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, look. Well, uh, make sure you're not around when they do that. I try not to be, but it's like... I, I make a plan. I can too, be there. We'll be there between one and four. Listen, I'll be there. I'll get the surgeon's shoes, and I will buy myself <laughs> a new closet after your piano's tuned. <laughs> All right, look, everybody, go and follow on Instagram Amanda Pearl Shires. That's her name there. What are you doing on TikTok? Do you do? Do you play? I haven't seen your TikTok. Do you I do just, anything? I don't really. I tried to do it because everybody said to do it. I just, I'm just not good at all that. Like, I can't find enough time to do that, and you know, play my ancient fiddle. Um, you know, okay, I, I'm back in the closet playing Forsaken Lover. What am I supposed to be doing on TikTok? <laughs> What's the oldest fiddle you have? It's just the only one I have. It's not old anymore, though. Um, my old one uh, died in an accident on stage, but the one I have currently is made by Jeffrey Allison, who um, is a luthier that joined the army. To um, His plan was to go and learn how to make fiddles and stuff in Germany and all that, but he got sent um, uh um, you know, to the sands and um, started carving and making fiddles and um, transporting them in um, Humvees and such. Anyway, he came back and makes fiddles, and mine is a Jeffrey Allison fiddle, and it's um, maybe 20 years old, but I love it. Really? Yeah. It's awesome. It's well, my buddy. Thank you for coming by. Everybody, check out Loving You. I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. I'm a big fan. I don't believe that. You have to. I it's have. almost like when someone goes, hey, nice to meet you. You have to nice to meet you back, even though maybe it wasn't nice to meet them. But I After felt, this conversation, I feel like we have a lot of things in common. I feel like we have a lot of yeah. things in common, too. Yeah. So, again, How are you at swimming? Well, it depends. Yeah. I grew up in lakes, uh-huh. but I'm, I've done a couple triathlons, like Olympic triathlons. Oh, shit. 
but I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a good swimmer. Just wondering. I'm, I, I'm not either. I can't do the overhanded thing. I can tread water for a long time. <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. See? I can jump off a dock. I can do that too. Exactly. See? That's so what I'm talking same. about. Yes. Yeah. So and and both of us have stopped smoking weed. Yes, that's right. You never started, but well, I still stopped. <laughs> exactly, I'm not doing it at all. <laughs> you stopped <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> all right, you guys go follow Amanda and check out the record. Loving you, Amanda. Great to see you. Great to see you too. Love this episode of the Bobby Cast? Subscribe on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.